2: Knowledge is about to be dropped on your head.
1: Hey
2: yo!
3: Bright lights,
0: I'm ready for the big stage. Like an uppercut to the chin. Here's Red Butler from Pretty Left Hook. You know what it is? You got Red
3: Butler, and this is that Pretty Left Hook. We back, baby. Yo, I take a little hiatus, man. Your boy got tired, but it's crazy because while I took my hiatus, my man's from Baltimore went back to Thailand. Dorian Price is in the goddamn building. What's up, D?
4: What's up, brother? You know how we do, man. Let's get on here, man, cause the controversy and some people, man. You know how the game go. Baltimore and Harlem connect. Here we are.
3: <laughs> no, you made a whole lateral move. You went back to Thailand, man. You went to Pattaya. You got the gym on one side of the street, the ocean on the other side of the street. I see big mountains. Who can Who can't? Who can I've left Pattaya, okay. brother. I went back. And- okay, see, this is what I'm saying. He, be- he moves around so much. I got to check in daily just to understand where he's at in the Southeastern part of the world. Yo, talk about Thailand, man, you back. You say nothing new for you, but you back. Why'd you make no. back? What's going on? Well, Hey, let's,
4: let's go into the Pataya thing here. You know, originally I came back for the COVID situation. Uh, and obviously to help, uh, 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 my number one student, my brother, you know, like family to me, Matt Brown, he had a fight. He asked me to come back at the time. I was working as a commentator, uh, a great guy, and uh, let's just say that uh, he allegedly assassinated another politician. Um, which you know, that can always hey, make your job yo. a little difficult, business can kind of go downhill a little bit from that, but uh, COVID happened, um, and I would like to say. That man was a great man. I was working for, and if I could break him out of jail, I would go back to Max because he was really treating us like uh, the Max community as as, as family it was awesome. Working for this for this individual, the
3: homies. Now all I'm, the homies. You know what I'm saying? Huh? So free all the homies. Say it again, brother. Yeah, free all them jokes. Free all of them. All of them.
4: And so I'm back. I came back. Opportunity presented itself. To come back, you know, it was, it was only a matter of time. You know, I had a great experience. I was down with Master Lloyd, you know, so it was a great time to be back home in that, you know, DMV Baltimore area to give back to the community, um, to also learn a lot and elevate myself as a coach um, with Master Lloyd and, and the amazing fighters that he had. So I'm still blessed for the opportunity um, and get to be around my mother and some of my family. However, Thailand's always calling me, you know, and, and like so many words, I understand now when the brothers used to come home and the old heads would be like my parents would be like, hey, they institutionalized. They've been in the joints so long that they didn't even know how to function in society. Yeah. I understand it now that I've left Thailand. I'm basically institutionalized. You know, when when I came back to the civilized, you know, to, to Western world, I never really fit in all the way. You know, I was still had that element of Thailand, having been out here so long that I just never really got accustomed to being back there. So when the opportunity presented itself to come back here um to work at uh Southside Gym in Phuket I-, I jumped right on it to be the MMA coach um it's another opportunity for me to further my my abilities and my craft and continue to to show like how how good I am in this space you know at the, at the risk of sounding uh cocky I'm just going to speak facts I do believe I'm one of the best coaches in the game. I mean, you know, you know, forget playing the humble role. I'm going to speak factual. And it's an opportunity for me to leave a more of a mark on this on this MMA world. Yeah, talk your shit,
3: man, from Phuket, man. Fuck Hell man. Yeah. Talk your goddamn <laughs> shit. Man. man, is it fucking Phuket? He's a whole half of Asian. Stop you see what the fuck mm-hmm. it is? Man. We we making it happen like that, motherfuckers. Um, you already know. I got to ask you this, man. So Thailand. This is going to sound crazy, but yo, mm-hmm. that they got a fucking reputation over there with some lady boys and all this crazy shit. Yo, what's going on over there? It's a lot going on in Thailand, B. I be seeing things on the internet and it, what they sound. They look real normal over there. I'm like, okay, what's actually happening? I'm seeing. I, I seen a thing where a lot of the guys are moving in from Europe, literally just for these life. Yeah. There's like, a lot going on in Thailand, yo. Uh, that's
4: not my lane, so I don't really know. What's <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just be honest. You might have to talk to some of the cast that moved around Pennsylvania Avenue back in the day. Oh,
3: <laughs> him. yo, it's crazy. That ain't
4: that ain't that ain't that ain't really my lane, but it does exist over here. Uh, but you know what? The world now has become so damn topsy turvy. Yeah, uh, yeah. This shit is happening in America. I will say, you know. The good thing about Thailand, as opposed to what I've seen in the West when I was there, we having a problem in the West here. They're not pushing it on nobody. They're not indoctrinating kids in school with it. They're not trying to force this agenda. It's kind of like, hey, that's that's them. If you move that way, move that way. We ain't forcing you down your throat. And they're not pushing for. We trying to be women, men. They're not pushing for nothing. They are what they are. And they'll tell you, Hey, are you a woman? No, I'm a lady boy. Are you a man? No, I'm a lady boy. It's its own category. Oh, uh, you want equal? No, I don't want equal rights. I want, I am what I am. I'm not trying to force myself into this gender or that gender. They be in their lane. And the thing is, they're not trying to push themselves and nothing else, you know, you know, you, you see them. I'm, Sometimes I walk past, some just clearly you can clearly notice. Some you don't even have any idea. They not bothering me, so I don't bother them. You know how it is. It's like, hey, coming in the hood, you know how it is in the hood. Keep your eyes closed, man. You I ain't see nothing, man. I
3: was looking, but I wasn't watching. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Now this is interesting to me, because just, you know, I've never been to Thailand. I'm coming out there, Thailand. Get ready for your boy, by the way. But Just understanding the culture, like you told me, now trees are legal. You can smoke out there; everything's good. They got dispensaries and all that.
4: Player, they you can boy, you can get your life out here. You can burn a forest. <laughs>
3: they
4: have it on every corner, and the, the ties move funny when it comes to their business. Man, they 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 mess around, and and if there's a dispensary doing well on one side of the street, they'll build another one on the other side of the street. There's somebody will come with an idea like, let's build another one on the other side of the street three doors down, so you might have six on one street, so there's no shortage. It's legal everywhere. Uh, They not, they can't, they not hemming you up for it, so it's pretty good. A lot different than when I used to allegedly uh, put some (laughs) stuff in my bag and come back over. Uh, Notice I said allegedly.
3: It may or may not have happened. (laughs) No face, no case. Um... There, there yes. you go. <laughs> it's dope. We are We definitely coming out there. But I want to talk about first of all, man. Lots has happened in the game. Let's go mm-hmm. MMA first. PFL Professional Fighters League has purchased Bellator MMA. Before we start on that, before we start on that, I yes. want to say something
4: too, and I want to put a little public service announcement out there. We're gonna call this the Price of Respect. Kid, it's no public service announcement. is to fighters. Now, since I've been here, I noticed a lot. And what I do notice is like the old college thing. Cats go away and they want to reinvent themselves. You know how it is. They be from, you know, wherever they from, D.C., and all of a sudden they're the biggest hustler, the what's the this, the that, the whatever, but they got no paperwork to prove it. And ain't right. nobody fact-checking. So what I want to start doing is for these fighters, we're i going to start having paperwork parties. And this is what I'm talking about. Ooh. As a fighter, you got to start treating yourself as a business. And what that means is that any other job, if I'm going apply to a job, the first thing they're gonna ask me for is a resume, and then they're gonna ask me for references to back up that resume. The resume for what I've done and why I'm qualified for that job, the references to co-sign that what I'm saying is actually factual. And too many fighters are just letting any coach show up and and and, and do some pads and maybe pep themselves out. And these fighters are acting like like they bigger hookers than the ones on Pennsylvania Avenue. They yeah. out here. <laughs> Um, You got to be far Baltimore more to understand that reference. Did you get it? <laughs> yeah, they they out here just, yeah. they getting it. They put themselves out there. But none of these fighters are asking these guys, who have you worked with? What's your track record? Okay, well, if you work with this fighter, how many fighters, how many times have you worked with you? Did you work with him once? Did he search you out? Or were you just happen to be at a gym where he happened to show up and you went out there and you prostituted yourself to give him pad work? Because any fighter likes free pad work. You know, these fighters gotta start asking these questions like I'm going to need to see some references like, OK, if you sh- if you say your style, show me your number one fighter so that I can see your style. What are you going to teach me? What am I going to learn? Who's your best represent- representative of your style? For instance, if you was to ask me, I'm going to pull out Matt Brown. What am I learning? This is going to be the best representative of my style. This is what you're going to see. Matt Brown. There are other plenty of other guys. But if you ask me, who's your reference? If I if you going to show me? This is your resume. I want to see an actual body of work. Who would you, you know, here, this is my, this is my guy. This is the guy I'm putting first and foremost to what you're going to do. This is the best representative for my style. But fighters aren't asking these questions. And these, 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 these we'll call them hooker coaches, these prostitute coaches are going to get these fighters hurting in the hospital because nowadays we live in this era where these cats in the U.S., they just, they, they 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 whores for the USC. It's image over substance. They want so badly to get this as the kids say clout and get an Instagram post that they willing to lie, falsify all kinds of stuff about who they are just so they can get that spotlight in the USC. I know plenty of fighters, plenty of coaches. I shouldn't say plenty. I know some coaches who've had hell has for fighters, snuck their way in the corner, and this fighter got sent to the motherfucking astrodome unconscious. Hey. So they've gone, ain't wanna fight with a guy because they don't have that coaching pedigree. And what I mean, I'm not saying everybody go, gotta go through that track record, but what you do have to do is have you built up through the amateurs? Did you start in the regional level
2: shows? Did you hone your craft? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe, it's a place. To get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down for example it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries it empowers you to be the best version of yourself it isn't just for those who experience major trauma if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
4: Did you go through the wins and losses? I'll be the first to say. There have been fights where the best examples. I worked with a guy named Mickey Gall. The best example, when he fought Mike Perry, I didn't even realize that I was just like, Mickey was a jiu guy. And I'll admit, that was one of the biggest mistakes I made because... Mickey had one of the best fucking jabs I've ever seen, mm. but he, I was so thinking of him being a, a jiu-jitsu player. I was just training the standup to be just enough to uh, 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 get him competent on the feet and just get it to the, to the to the to the to the to the ground, so you know where he could work his his magic. And he was magical on the ground. But as time went on, when I when I saw him in the fight, you never know someone till you see them in the fight. When he's in the fight, he's landing jabs, kick. Where he out there moving his head like. a a conventional version of pernell whitaker he bobbed and he turned mike perry into a wrestler he was catching him up so bad i was saying to myself dang but i can admit that's a mistake i made you know because he still to this day has had one of the best jabs i have seen but that's living you learn with matt brown i have made mistakes along the way but that's all in the process of being a coach and i own up to the mistakes I've also learned to let my ego go and get around these high-level coaches, you know, my peers in the game, and actually humble myself to learn how do y'all do it? To these guys that I've seen week in and week out, you know what we're talking about. This always at the UFC. They always got a fight it. They got a track record of you seeing them every weekend. You know them because you you've been in the UFC game longer than I have. You know, you seeing these guys. And I've actually took my time to learn from them. So what I want these fighters now, we're going to start calling this like prison paperwork parties. we going up to these, go, if you're a fighter and you see this coach and this guy want to hold past and do this, y'all need to start because you are a business. I didn't know this. And a lot of my friends is older in the game, we didn't realize that we were businesses until it got too late. Now we're in the era where these guys are, are businesses. They're making millions. The money's there now, you know. Now, so it's even more imperative the DU fighters start pulling out red start asking for resumes. Start asking, especially when you're talking about striking coaches, because in striking, you're playing with shootouts. You can get severely hurt, altered, and and changed for life if you don't have the right person in your corner giving you that knowledge and giving you that information. You know, let's look at the world of boxing, and we're gonna talk about that later on, is that you can you can get in, in the world of striking and stand up, when you when you up top working with it, you can seriously get injured and really hurting your life can be altered forever. So from now on, I want fighters to take it more concerned. When he's striking, start pulling up on them. Start, call, we call calling the paperwork parties. Start asking them to show receipts. Who have you worked with? I'm going to need to see who you work with. I'm going to need to see your number one student. Did you say, did you say represent your style the best? And I'm going to need his contact information so I can call him and contact him to make sure what you're telling me is, is, is up front and copacetic. So that was my little, that was my little tangent right there. But I say that because he was a fighter. And like I said, uh my brother Matt Brown, I've been with him throughout his entire career, from his first fight even before, all the way till he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. And I've seen people just trying to like jump like succubuses, trying to jump in there, jump when I see what happens when these guys are rising to the level. Um so when you get to that UFC level, I want you guys to really start like think about that. Paperwork parties. I coined that term. That's what that's what we're doing now. We have
3: paperwork parties, And if it don't add up, we stomp motherfuckers out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, keep that same energy. Yeah, let's get Get them. Get them. Paperwork. No paperwork is a problem in the gym. It's a problem in the gym. Hey, we ain't trying to make this right this year. <laughs> Yo, I love this, man. I think this is real. I mean, what you're talking about is accountability. And at the end of the day, yeah. once UFC jumped off, and even what we're about to get into with PFL buying Bellator, It's only saying that the game is rising, Mm -hmm. right? Little guys are now becoming bigger guys, buying big guys, pause. And this is going to be bring out more imposters. You know, imposter syndrome is a real thing. But you know what's funny about imposter syndrome? Yes. They take imposter syndrome and actually own being fucking imposters. They cool with it. There's people out here that that feel like they put together nobody at work. They just got to finesse their way into a relationship and turn themselves into an instant price. That's some bullshit, man, for real. Yeah. Ain't nobody want to
4: put in that groundwork. Nobody want to put in that legwork. Now We live in an age where I'm going to say it, it's image over substance. People want the image and don't have the substance to back up that image. They hoping they can create that false image, that smoke and mirrors, and they hoping that somewhere along the line that substance is going to come. Nah, I had the substance. Now I'm starting to get the image after all these years in this game. I can't tell you how deep. You know how far we go back. We go back to when Dana White had had crooked teeth.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the hair and the crooked teeth, man. That was the best era too, yo. For real, they they kind of yes, blew. it was. I'm glad they blew up. I'm glad the fighters are getting more money allegedly, but at the same time, that was the best era. That's when UFC was like a family, and it's funny because yep. they grew so big that they started antagonizing other people and getting into this PFL thing. I'm gonna tell you, when PFL was MMA World Series of Fighting, I remember Randy Couture race up on those guys mm-hmm. being. You know something. We fought and shout out to the shout out to the Browns with
4: Dave Branch. Yeah, of course, two division world champion. Right. My, my brother does not get enough credit. Brother Dave Branch was yeah. one of the first to not only win two titles but right. he defended both of them, and that brother does not get enough credit. Especially when you look at his life, and this is something that bothers me, especially in our community, because they should have put that brother one when he came to the USC. They didn't move him right, but they right. should have took that brother. And moved him in such a way because you talking about a guy. If you look at his life story, I mean that dude was like uh, in the same at one point the same group home that Mike Tyson was in. Uh, right. used martial arts to change his life for the better. And I tell you what, being around that guy, man, like I said, you know everyone knows no secret. Like I'm a purple belt under Dave. Uh, you know I worked with him for uh, for, for, for years. That is one of the smartest, smartest brothers I have ever met. Just people in general. I mean, this dude is like fucking Bill Nye, the science guy. And you would never think that. Never think that. He makes gadgets. He can do stuff. And as far as being a complete martial artist, he's one of the completest. But he never got his just due. And I want to make sure that, you know, that brother don't, 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 uh, uh, that he know as long as I I got air in my body, I'm, I'm going to make sure he get his just due. As a
3: with all, all all my brothers out there that I consider. Branch, you that guy, man. We love you, man. Keep it rocking, man. Yo, I'm gonna tell you now: the game is changing big time. PFL, which used to be MMA World Series of Fighting, comes from fighters mm-hmm. that wanted to look at the game from a fighter's perspective, not from a corporate perspective. And the fact that yeah. they, you know, they had a couple corporate changes and this and that, they had some 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 weirdos in the mix. I ain't gonna lie, but now mm-hmm. when they started bringing in Clarissa Shields and people start uh, boxers started trusting them to become MMA fighters and all of that the writing was on the wall yeah bellator one thing i'm gonna say that antonio mckee told me a long time ago is bellator will get you paid but they're not gonna make you a star and i think pfl Mm -hmm. figured out quickly how to let fighters grow at their own pace i think the tournament system worked well for them and now they done bought Mm -hmm. what used to be looked at as the number two in the world for mma that's crazy and i think they're smart because they're gonna keep it around and just do like eight fights a year international is looking like but I'm going to still salute Scott Coker because Scott Coker keeps people employed. He kept the thing going for a long time, you know what I'm saying, when he went from Force to Bellator. And if it was time to go, it was time to go. But at the end of the day, I like the fact that Dana White got to be a little knowy right now. He's a little nervous because he already sold out. He's, you know, now mm-hmm. never owns uh, WWE and the UFC. I think that's a bad look, even though it's a good look for fighters looking to transition into another career in retirement, maybe go to WWE yeah. easier. But the fact that UFC is aligned with the fake, as real as it gets, as fake as it gets, for me was always a weird yeah. thing. But whatever, is business. But the PFL knows UFC is looking a little more watered down. All the stars are getting up out of here. Sean Strickland is weird. Mm-hmm. A lot of the champions is weirdos. They're looking at it like, you know what, we can we can continue a lot with this. And Francis Ngannou, shout out to him, looked like an all-star against Tyson Fury. Sure. Made the move against the UFC at the top of his career as a champ over there. And he's PFL. So everything is lining up correctly business-wise, circumstances-wise for PFL. But for me, it starts from the fighters. Randy Couture, Ray Seppel, and others who put the core network together to get PFL where it's at. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm
4: big into what the PFL is doing. I like how they acquire Bellator. Um uh, I think I think what they're what they're doing is, is phenomenal. I like the million dollar tournament. Um uh congratulations to the two guys I have a lot of respect for, Emper and winning that million dollar tournament and uh Jason Jackson for winning the Bella Tour uh title. Um had the opportunity to do a little work with both of them guys. but They're just two solid, solid brothers right there. Um so uh much success to them. And also, you know, Henry Hoof down there producing uh, uh one hell of a stable down there. But I think competition is good. You got to have competition. I think Dana, right now, here's the thing where I think it gets a little bit wet. You know, maybe people putting a little too much into it just yet. I like to see where they fit into this space. What are they going to do? Because right now, you got to look at like uh, uh, the UFC, we all know the company. It's like Q tips, you know what I mean? Or, Or Kleenex. You walk into a store or or you walk in, you know, and let's say I'm around, you know, Matt or whatever, and Matt made this good point and good analogy. It's like when he's out and somebody asked him, like, oh, that's that UFC fighter. They don't say MMA. We all know the sport. So right. UFC is right. synonymous with that. You know what I mean? I can't tell you how many times I'm with guys, like, you know, they're like, oh, that's the – those are those UFC guys or those ultimate fighters. You know, nobody says MMA anymore. So right then, the UFC has such a hold on it. It right. is going to be interesting. how how PFL now can maneuver because they have talent and how do they build those stars? Uh, If they can take a move like pride did now, pride was phenomenal in building uh, stars. I actually, I like the one FC and how they're moving in this space right here, especially in Asia. I like what they're doing. Yeah, And they have a competition in the market that the UFC cannot compete with. In order for the UFC to compete with them, they would literally have to change their entire model, right. their model, their business model. And what I mean by that is the UFC does MMA. They don't do kickboxing. They don't do tie boxing. They don't do grappling and super fights. The right. 1SC, not only do they produce MMA, and let's be honest, you know the UFC is the gold standard for MMA, You know, at least thus far as it stands. The best in the world, if you want to test yourself, you're going to have to get to the UFC. But the UFC cannot compete with the 1SC when it comes to kickboxing because the, they have the best in the world. High boxers, the best in the world, exist in this country that I'm in currently. The 1SC has cornered that market, so they always have first dibs on that. And they're signing some of the best grapplers in the world. And they're putting them all on one show. So you, what you have is you have like kind of like a, a pot of gumbo for everybody. You got... If you got you got fans just pure grappling, you got something for them. You got kick, you want just pure kickboxing and Muay Thai fans, you got something to wet their appetite. You got guys for the MMA, you can wet their appetite as well, so they can do all that on one show, so they can pull from an entirely different fan base, and they focusing on the fighters. So I'm real interested to see how they move and how they move into this space and fit. And I know they're trying to go to America. I've heard rumblings of them having a uh, a little bit of financial difficulties. But if they can keep, at least from their parents' standpoint, like they're doing, I'm interested to see how they move. I'm interested to see the PFL because competition is good. Competition is only going to increase. Hey, Frank Lucas needs Nicky Barnes. (laughs) Big facts. You know, competition only helps you rise. You need that competition or you're going to get complacent. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
3: No, nah, it's real talk. You
4: man. look at everybody. You yeah. need that antagonist. You know what I mean? I need a Frazier. You got to have that guy, you know? Without that, that's what brings out the greatness. So with these other shows starting to rise, and because I have so many guys long-term in this sport, you know, guys currently in there, I'm so entrenched with, you know, having so many real friends, people I could, I really care about in this sport, uh, I like that they have opportunities to get a bag. So they not just be holding to, hey, it's either the UFC or, you know, or bust. They got to get a bag over there. They can get a bag over there. I want them to have as many opportunities to go get the bag as possible because they got to feed their family. So I'm interested to see where this goes.
2: What's up? I'm John Wall.
5: And I'm CJ toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year,
3: Nah, me too, man. Salute to everybody over there. The game is getting crazy. We love it. We love it. You know, switching over to boxing. David Benavidez. Let's do it. Damn thing. Beat Demetrius Andrade. Knocked Demetrius Andrade out or made him put on a stool, I should say. Demetrius Andrade never never lost the fight. Defensive as hell. Great fighter. You know what I'm saying? Not, not super flashy. Just really understands how to hit and not get hit. David Benavidez gave him the blues, yo. Like, that was a, that was a great fight. It just really showed who this guy is. And on top of that, it now forces Canelo, whether it be through the WBC, to so he can unify the titles, <clears to throat> rate, or just the fact mm-hmm. that they're both Mexican and Mexicans don't play that ducking shit. If you gonna if you gonna be a top tier Mexican boxer, you got to fight the best. And if the best the best is another Mexican, <laughs> now we're talking about De La Hoya versus Julio Cesar Chavez type of energy in terms of how they're <laughs> gonna look at it. So. We know that Canelo Alvarez um, has a three-fight deal with Premier, Premier Boxing Champions, excuse me. He did one with Jamel Charlo. It bombed. People hated the fight. It was a one-sided, lopsided affair. Jamel Charlo looked like he was scared to engage. Now he got two fights left. They really set this up for Canelo and Benavidez. So now that that has happened, right, now that we have the the, the, the way made for that to occur, Canelo, if Canelo doesn't um, announce or try to make this fight with David Benavidez, for his next bout in Cinco de Mayo, people are going to start calling bullshit with this man's career. And and I hate to say that because Canelo is such an ill champion, but this is now his mm-hmm. Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford moment, right? You can't really Ooh. say – you could say it was him and Triple G, and I'll give people that because mm-hmm. that was a pretty evenly matched fight. But now he's undisputed. And if you're going to be yes. undisputed, and this is why I say Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, I mean, Terrence Crawford was undisputed once, and then he met um, Errol, which everybody thought was the fight, to become undisputed again. For David Benavidez, Uh this is that moment to be that guy. And for Canelo, this is the only guy everybody's convinced, a lot of people convinced this is the guy that's going to get him. What does it say about Uh Alvarez to you if he doesn't decide to fight David Benavidez next?
4: I'm actually really want to hear your thoughts because I know you've been around and involved in this boxing world for so long. And congratulations. I know you're in the Boxing Writers. Are you in the Boxing Writers uh, Hall of
3: Fame now? If I'm not mistaken, you. I'm in, the, I'm in the Boxing Writers Association of America and I have a Hall of Fame vote. So I get to vote guys into the Hall of Fame. So obviously for me, that's a huge honor. You will be. That's the pinnacle mm-hmm. of boxing career. And my one little vote can make yes. whole man's career solidified. You know what I mean? So that's that's big for me. for sure. And I salute you for that and I know you gonna be in that hall of fame at some point. Hey. But I know you work. You know what I mean? Hey,
4: I know the, the, the Melanin doing great things,
3: ain't it? <laughs> and Melanin, boy. We outside. I'm
4: kinda because of, I know you I know you've been around for so long. You've been backstage with these boxes at these high shows. You know you've been around the premiere box and you work with all these guys. Um I'm kinda of interested in hearing your thoughts. Does it tarnish Canelo's legacy? How would the Mexicans uh, really take to him because we as we all know the mexicans they are like they love their fighters they love their boxing and they love their boxers um and they 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 love the pride and that courage that the mexicans have shown throughout the years of that willingness to take and fight anybody right what do you think it does to 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 his legacy because he's done been a great representative thus far for the mexican community
3: no, I think it absolutely would be a big blemish. You know, people have been calling for this fight for for maybe two years. So at the end of the day, boxing is a business and it's a wild, wild west. The circumstances have mm-hmm. to up correctly. Demetrius Andrade, you got to give him respect because, honestly, that was a difficult challenge for him to face David Benavidez. He was trying to be great and become a three-weight class world champion. So at the end of the day, that's-, that's a huge feat, right? Right now, you got a lot of guys trying to be great. You got Devin Haney being great, Shakur Stevenson. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many guys, especially these young guys, Tank Tank Davis clearly, that's doing amazing things for the sport that David Benavidez is mm-hmm. one. And at the end of the day, Canelo's been doing well for so long. He's looked virtually unbeatable yeah. until he ran into um Dimitri Bivol, But that was him trying to do something spectacular, be a light heavyweight, just because he dusted off Sergei Kovalev. Dimitri Bivol is nice. You know what I mean? Like this was this was a huge challenge. So we don't even count that loss We're nice. badly. Just like when he lost to Floyd Mayweather, look at the end of the day, that was a phenomenal feat. I mean, Floyd is clearly on a whole other wavelength than Dmitry Bivol, but at the same time, Dmitry Bivol is a natural light heavyweight. So we knew that was mm-hmm. a strength him. But at super middleweight, Canelo's found his stride, just like he found it at middleweight when he was when he was beating Gennady Golovkin. So at the end of the day, at this point in time in his career, he needs a challenge like this. Plus, let's keep it real: Canelo's made a lot of money. He don't really need to do this for too much longer. So if you're gonna, um, yes, what your last couple of joints are gonna be, and you got two fights right now with PBC, you definitely want that to be for the for David vex first fight. And if the fight goes phenomenal, then you have a rematch. That's gonna be the most money. On top of that, the mm-hmm. good thing about Mexico and Mexican fans, it's a baked-in audience. They'll make you all the money you need, and then there's the world watching, because Mexico, yes. Is- supportive of mexican boxing they come to las vegas or come mm-hmm. they're gonna do this at so i'm saying all that to say yes canelo needs to fight david benavidez look mike tyson named this guy the mexican monster okay and david Benavidez and he- said at the end of the fight he jumped out the ring hugged mike said i'm trying to live up to the name you gave me people respect mike tyson for raw animal aggression and for what he did so at the end of the day yeah when you have a guy like that, you're talking about Mexican machismo and all of that. This is the highest level of masculinity and 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 grace and power in the sport of boxing. Canelo, David Benavidez, Mexicans. This is this is what boxing's all about. And there's no other big mm-hmm. fight really to me out there for Canelo. You got David Benavidez right here, right now. He has the belt for WBC. You are the undisputed champion. You have the belt. You got to unify. Once WBC makes it mandatory that they unify, now you have no excuses. And that's what the pressure now is on Mauricio Suleiman, president of WBC, to make it mandatory for Canelo or he'll lose the belt. We know Canelo ain't ducking no smoke, by the way. So I'm I'm not sitting here saying that Canelo has said I'm going to do it. Canelo is one of the only fighters we know. He'll run into a a burning building and try to fight the flames. He's with the smoke. So at the end of the day... yeah. I'm just saying at the end of the day, Canelo, there is no there's nowhere else to go. And to be honest for me, call it a career. Like if you you beat this guy, or you at least have one yeah. good or we'll do another one, call it a career. If you beat the guy and it's no competition and you dust him off, then go fight Jamal Charlo, who looked great, and then keep it moving. I'm gonna be real with you. I feel like at this point, Canelo should start looking at life like Floyd did. You made a lot of money, you got to a certain point, man. Don't do this for too long. Just pick the right joints to keep it flowing. And I think that's what he's
4: doing. And I think he's looking to pick those right fights. And Benavides is the wrong fight because Benavides is <laughs> a monster. Yeah. Young, he's in his prime. He's got the hand speed. He's hungry. He sees what Canelo wants. And the way I equate it, you know, let's look at fighting as if we looked at the underworld basically. He's, he's the old the old king. Getting old. Getting a little maybe steps are a little slow. And now this young kid, he wants the block. And so now it's his turn. And he wants to take the block. And the only way he can get him up off that block is through violence. And we've all seen Benavidez's level of violence. And the IQ that he, that he has to execute that violence. So I should say that he uses to execute that violence. He's a smart fighter. He's very well schooled. Uh, At 15, at a young age, he was in those boxing rooms. Boxing guys have already established guys. So right. he's been doing this quite a while. I think Canelo sees a, a younger version of him. And at the age of Canelo's at, he's comfortable. You, you, as you pointed out, he has the money. Why put himself through that risk right now? As I think Tagler once said, it's hard to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go running when you're sleeping on uh, silk sheets. We know Canelo got still pajamas and a whole bunch of cars in that garage. You know, does he really want to put himself out there like that against the guy who's out there eating raw meat, ready to pick your head off, basically? I think he needs to do. I think he and I think he learned from that Floyd. I think Floyd showed him the way. Hey, pick these guys off at the right time. People will say what they want to say. To punish the critics that are outside of the ring, we're going to say what we want to say. We're going to have our opinions. But at the end of the day, we're still going to tune in to watch Canelo. We're going to tune in regardless of whether we think this is the fight he should be ha- taking or not. We're going to still tune in to watch. We're going to still put that money in his pocket. He's going to keep winning. And just like we do with Floyd now, we're still talking about Floyd. We're still saying, what if Floyd, that Manny fight should have happened so many years earlier we still saying why he pick off Canelo when Canelo was, you know, not in his prime. But you know what? Floyd's going to the bank and he's still proving himself, you know, to many to be the the, the greatest. Not in my book, but in many, he's still proving, you know, have many people believing he's the greatest. I think Canelo has stole that blueprint. And I think Canelo, I also believe if he's smart, he will stay as far away from Benavides as possible. I do believe, I agree with you a thousand percent. He's going to tarnish his life with the mexican community but at the end of the
3: day he's going to sleep real good when he look at his bank account man canada trying to go back to mexico with that over his head uh-uh <laughs> Hell. Uh, you know well he still got uh-huh. to go home yo he ain't trying to go home hearing all of this yo you ducked him man you was this guy will be he's not doing that shit and i'm gonna tell you something he already got two losses on his record so he ain't protecting nothing even if he take a loss, I'm going to only give him respect. He already got two L's. It's not like he's chasing a, a I'm trying to keep an undefeated career. Go get it. Do it. You already. But yo. Long, long. His three fights against uh, Ch- uh, uh, uh. them shits was dangerous, man. For real. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a loss is one thing. A
4: hospital stay is another. Then <laughs> the beaters ain't just trying to beat. Benavidez trying to get you a rum over
3: there at the hospital. <laughs> Definitely trying to put him in the hospital holiday inn. You know what I mean? There'll <laughs> be medical sent <Center> over there. <laughs> well, I feel you. I think, listen, as usual, Dorian Price has the logical, sensible choice. You know what I mean? I'm choosing violence for you, Canelo. I'm not going to lie. I feel like you need. there's no way you could <laughs> turn to You signed up for three fights with PBC. You knew that Benavidez was True. over. You knew that he was the one coming for you. Pause, and you knew that you was gonna have to run into this man if he kept on his winning ways, and both of y'all have it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It, it, well, does he, Charlo brother, what's the style? With? Should he go take the Charlo brother? Is that a think, better option? I don't if think he's too that, see too. But I will say this: if he takes that next, that's the smarter move. But this is why I think he shouldn't do right. that. People, like you said, word association and branding. When people think Charlo now, they think of a whack fight that he had with his other with the twin brother. So if you go right for the next fight to be another Charlo, I just think people are going to be like, nah. Even though Jamal Charlo was successful against Jose Benavidez, David Benavidez's brother on that same fight, it doesn't really matter. You need a – Canelo got to break up that branding because the the fight against the first Charlo was not popping at all. Look, David Benavidez is scary. It's definitely a a matchmaking nightmare for Canelo if you're talking about longevity. But at the same time Mm – canelo's the same guy for triple g three times and to for, to be qu- quite honest i don't think we needed three even though i understood the fans wanted three to make it definitive i get it and the money was fat i went to all three fights yes okay at the end of the day i saw a draw and then i saw canelo do his thing twice so it is what it is but david ben- you let me ask you this, from-
4: let me ask you this you've been you've been backstage at these fights have you been backstage and been around Canelo and if the answer is yes to that what is the energy because you've been in this game so long you've been around these boxers you've been backstage what is the Canelo that you might have seen earlier in his career because I don't know I mean you've been in this game for long when you earlier in the career being around him to where he is now do you see the same hunger and fire in his eyes because that right there will say a lot so what is your take on that from the Canelo you've seen that we don't get to see,
3: the backstage Canelo, the Canelo after the fight? Canelo's hungry, man. I worked my first fight. Actually, not my first fight. My second fight with Canelo was when he fought Floyd Mayweather, actually. So I was there. Mm. I, was in the back, I was in his room. I was in Floyd's room. I was all over. Canelo's that guy, man. I didn't, I went to all the Triple G fights Canelo had. I've been to a bunch of Canelo fights in this whole career. I've been with, I've been to Canelo fights when he was with Mayweather, I mean, when he was with Golden Boy. I've been with him now as an independent. Mm. Canelo stays hungry. All he knows is boxing. He don't know nothing else. He ain't trying to do nothing else. He loves boxing. I I think like you know about most fighters if he's not boxing, he's not going to know what to do. Because he that routine is what he lives for. This is what he does. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I feel like for him what's more important in his legacy is facing all the challenges so there's no doubt. He's a throwback fighter. You know what I'm saying? Period. He's like who little Cesar Chavez knew he shouldn't have fought La Hoya when he fought him? I mean, come on. Yes. But like, he knew his name and the way they respect him in that country, he had to fight. You know what I mean? They're calling this guy and a we golden boy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he's and he's looking at like they're calling this guy a golden boy. He don't even he's not even from Mexico. He's a he's a California Mexican. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of layers with that. David Benavidez is an Arizona Mexican. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta oh, understand, God. like. Canelo's from Mexico. Like, this is where he's from, Guadalajara. You know what I mean? Jalisco, Mexico. So his whole thing is, listen, baby, like, I, I see you talking. I see you doing your thing. I'm the real Mexican. You call yourself the Mexican monster. Mike Tyson gave you that name. You didn't even get your name from the Mexicans. He's going to, if he's mm. going to take on the challenge, because he knows what that means back mm. home. And guess what? If he takes the L, it's a respectable-ass L. David Benavidez is a natural super middleweight. To me, Canelo's always nice. been smaller. He just has a lot of compact power. So he's going to be bigger guys in, in all these divisions. He's He dared to be great, and he's been doing his thing at that. But at the same time, for me, if I'm looking at Canelo and I'm being strategic because he is Mexican, unfortunately, and he already has two L's, it's the onus is on you to fight the best, especially when it's a Mexico and Mexico battle for bread-wise, for pride-wise. And because honestly, there's no better swan song if you're looking at it that way, because you're already up. He ain't need to fight five years ago, Dory. He could have been left again. You're right. He got mm-hmm. all the, you know what I'm saying. So at the end, of the, he made a hundred million his last contract with PBC, and he's making like, and he made another hundred with the zone. Canelo's cool. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? see He got he got all kind of deals right now. So I'm just saying to close out, Canelo Alvarez. I'm telling you right now, man. David Benavidez, bust dog. Two fights left. David Benavidez, you dust him up. Then do Jamal Charlo. Keep it moving. If not, David Benavidez twice, and if necessary, do a third fight. Call it a day. Get up out the game, yo. That's it. You know, what he mean? takes I- Benavidez twice. There is no third fight. He takes Benavidez
4: once. There is no second fight. I'm a firm believer. As great as Canelo is, uh, there is going to be no uh, next fight with Benavidez. Benavides is hungry. Uh, the way he puts pressure on people, we saw the way he broke down Caleb Plant, who is a very slick boxer, very good mover, uh, broke him down, broke down Boo Boo Andrade. I do not think that Canelo is going to be able to keep him off of him. I think eventually he's going to break Canelo down. I think he's going to find that timing. And when, he's, when he spots weakness, he's a shot. And I think it's going to be real bad for Canelo, and I think it'll be one of those losses that we're gonna that people remember. We have short term memories that people gonna look and be like, "Oh my God, yeah. what the hell happened to Canelo?" Yeah. I agree, and I, I think that. But before we check out here, I do want to ask you: yeah. In Ganu and Wilder, if they are to fight, they're talking about now. This is the move we going back. When we were saying about the PFL. We were going back, and they're talking about Wilder's actually saying. He wants to follow in the footsteps of James Tony, hopefully with different results. Uh, um, uh, It'll lose me now. Who is the other guy that jumped in there? Clarissa Shields, yeah, uh, Ray Mercy. He right. wants to follow in those guys' footsteps and step into the world of MMA and the mixed rules fight with Francis Ngannou. Bad
3: move. I think it's a horrible. <laughs> the bad move. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that, Deontay, man. Listen, I think I most, agree. I not think you even see Francis in boxing right now because Francis actually gave Tyson Fury the business. So we see what Tyson did to Deontay. I'm not saying Francis and yeah. Ganu is the boogeyman in the heavyweight division of boxing right now, even though he's now ranked in the top ten. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is yeah. that Francis and Ganu is a, is a is a is a anomaly that I don't think guys should deal with right now. I think if Deontay Wilder is smart. You go after Anthony Joshua, you know what I'm saying? And yes, that's that's a better fight for Deontay. And Deontay should probably fight that fight overseas, like in the O2 Arena, somewhere huge, get some real yes. big big money, sell out a hundred thousand seats with Anthony Joshua. I think he beats Anthony. What do you think Joshua? Of the sheiks? huh? The Sheiks in Dubai. What do you think of the Sheiks in Dubai now? The way they're making this move now,
4: and or Saudi oh, yeah. Arabia, Arabia.
3: they yes. really play. No, it's smart, man. I mean, I think, so, listen, Saudi Arabia is smart, right? They understand that the oil business is about to, at some point, everybody in the world is going to have an electric car. We know that we're killing the earth. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia is like, look, in a few years, you know, by a decades' time, we're not going to be getting all this oil money in the same way. So, we got to diversify. Entertainment is diversification. They know that the biggest export out of America is entertainment and sports. they trying to get some of that. they trying to soften their image, get away from the Saddam Hussein energy and make it more of a tourist destination. They're in a critical place between Europe, Asia, Africa for tourism. They know what time it is, and they got the bread right now to bring these fights over there. I think it's a good place for fights to happen. You're sacrificing the American audience. <laughs> you're, you're sacrificing the American timeline but in terms of watching the shows, but you're gaining the rest of the world. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, we sit in a point in America of thinking that we're the capital of everything, but the world is a big place yeah. and other people with big bread. So I'm not mad. Get that money over there in Saudi Arabia. They're trying to give it out. They're offering soccer players billions. They're trying to get LeBron over there. They're trying to do it all over there. I'm not mad at these guys. I, if, you, if, I'm a, if I'm an athlete, like- I'm trying to make friends that wear turbans and the sheiks and shit. I'm trying to get this bag because they're they giving it yeah, away. I like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a smart move. I'm just saying I think Anthony Joshua versus Deontay will be better served in the in O2 arena or in the UK because Deontay has not fought mm-hmm. outside of America yet. He's about to, I think, with this next fight he got coming up. But he needs to um he needs to do a big impact like that over there. And also, there's you got other guys over there like um what's my man's name Dillian White over there. There's there's yes. like a, the guys that have been trying to get at deontay for a minute he already caught the l with tyson so it ain't about protecting your record no more i think you beat anthony right. i think you get dillian white i think you do all of these over there uk fans are like canadian fans for mma they love boxing they're gonna fill up the whole fucking soccer arena get that money mm-hmm. that's bigger money than yes. here you know what i'm saying for deontay De- america never chose deontay wilder we never treated him like our heavyweight champion we never gave him mike tyson energy we never gave him a band to Holyfield energy. We just thought he had a hell of a right hand. And as soon as Tyson Fury started coming to America, the white fans abandoned Deontay and started rocking with Tyson anyway. So absolutely. If I'm Deontay, I'm not even tripping on the on America. I'm going over there. Get the bag over there where they're going to appreciate me. There's more contenders that on a, on a level that I am, Anthony Joshua, Dillian White. And then whatever bag Saudi Arabia got for you for some off-brand fools that we don't care about, get that money too. But I think his next fight is against mm-hmm. Joseph Parker in Saudi Arabia. So he's smart enough to understand, get that fight, and then fight Anthony Joshua after that. Big Baby um, is coming. Big Baby Miller's coming back. You got a couple of loud mouths in the game, you know. what I mean, but get a couple yeah. more. And then if I'm Deontay, get up out the game. MMA, Deontay, don't do it, bro. It's not for you, God. Like it, it's going to be a bad day for you <laughs> every day. You got. Or if, if you're going to do it, you need to go to Thailand, see Coach Dorian. Mm-hmm. And get ready for a get long journey of training. Had that man's money right. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, Dorian's not fucking with you if you're playing games. You know what I'm saying? Because this, this is some right. Get your ass over here,
4: my Southside, Phuket. I wreck If He gave the information. Mathematics. Get over here. Got me, my boy DJ Jackson. We coach special over here. So we get you right. We get you ready. And you make that move. You don't
3: got us. Hey, we bring flowers to the funeral. <laughs> I got like three, like three ways to get at Deontay, man, so you good to go. Actually, four or five. I got you. I know a few a few Deontay people. And shout out to Deontay. I interviewed that man multiple times. And been at Tuscaloosa. Good brother. We want to see you doing your thing, man. Yo, man, hey. door, let them know, man, Southside MMA. Let them know about Thailand. What you want the people to know about you right now?
4: Hey, man, man, you know, Southside, I'm working with with my brother, uh, DJ Jackson, the greatest grappler America ever produced. And uh, let's, you know, uh, 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 beat the whole Dan and her death squad. You know, let's just keep that out there, put that out there. Um, DJ and I are cooking up something real nice over here. Uh, And so I'm I'm, basically, I'm happy. I'm happy to be home. Um, Anybody, you know, you know, we building it up, come over and work. You know, I'm over here still, you know. Little more tame, but still speaking my mind, causing controversy, pissing people off, oh, and yeah. living the good life. That's right. The blessed right. life, and I'm happy to be. Here. And to everybody out there, to my haters, anybody yeah. who's not fucking with me, I'm still
3: alive. And y'all can still kiss my ass. <laughs> Two times, bitch, because you can kiss my ass too. Hey, you're going to see Dorian Old Time Man live from Phuket. We outside. It's that pretty left hook. Bitch! keep tuning in, fool. Yeah. <laughs>